LOL. Listen out loud, that is. It's time for Anime Jam Session with DJ Ronma S, Mako-chan, and Ari Rockefeller. Hey everyone, welcome to Anime Jam Session, episode number 244. We are a podcast that talks about anime, corresponding games, conventions, the fandom, geek stuff, and everything in between. I'm DJ Ronma S. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo Gami. <clears throat> and right now, I'm enjoying a tall glass of vodka Coke. Mm. Drink responsibly, kids. I am enjoying a very, very, very large mug of spiced orange tea with honey. Which has been spiked with Robitussin. No, not that bad. <laughs> Are, you're sure I just drank that straight. Ah, like a champ. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh, and I'm just having pumpkin spiced stuff. That's it's just it's like part coffee but part not. So yay. Fall things. Speaking of coffee, the picture of the Death Wish coffee's been making arounds on my Facebook and I'm like, I can handle that. <clears throat> Death Wish coffees? Yeah, Death Wish coffee. Is that like a company? Yes. What? Mm-hmm. It's the world's strongest coffee. Oh. It's extremely caffeinated. Yeah. So I'm going to need some of that. <laughs> I'll have to check that out because I hadn't seen that yet. I've seen mm. it around for a few years. It sounds delicious. Yeah, a couple of friends were talking about it. I'm like, you know what? I could tame that shit. Yeah, I feel like I'd be able to drink it, but, like, I drink a whole, like, I, I, like, I don't know. I drink very concentrated coffee on a daily basis. Well, I did sit here and drink, like, a bucket of coffee during Black Friday, so. Oh, well, that's true. You did work on Black Friday, huh? Yeah. We'll get into that in in just a bit. Um, We are live tonight, week of December 1st, 2015, on the Vogue Network. We're here at our standard time of Tuesdays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern with an encore presentation Thursdays at 2 p.m. Check out our interactive chat room at live.vognetwork.com. Chat lines (coughs) such as Merck, XChat, Chatzilla can use irc.gamesurge.net. The chat room is Vogue, V-O-G. Or you can head on over to animejamsession.com slash Network. And we have a default IRC uh, chat link there. And if you're not sure if you have one, if you click on it, whatever your default chat client is, will bring you right into the chat. And right now we're talking about leftover food in the chat room and what was being made. So I can't wait till leftover Thursdays. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sorry my, guys. <laughs> my, my Thanksgiving leftovers were amazing. Well, you are Italian after all, so it's like course one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, we didn't. We didn't do meal. that. We didn't do that. It was only you know five of us eating, so we didn't do the multiple courses. But I did um, Thanksgiving leftover egg rolls, and holy crap, are those things good? Mm. Sounds super tasty. They are. It's like the entire Thanksgiving meal in an egg roll. Ah. I like the sound of that. It was very good. Mm-hmm. We had leftovers at my house, but uh, but like we we 
didn't have too many and and my hubs likes to take stuff for lunch and stuff so i usually let him take leftovers um otherwise i usually make like turkey noodle soup and stuff because it's getting into cold weather and (coughs) it's always nice but um but i did get to have some of my friends leftovers which was kind of funny (laughs) but yeah no recently this week it's just been like whatever i'm making fun times you you call this weather cold? I mean, come on! It's still like in the, it's still in the mid to late mid to high forties. I like spring. Dang it! Yeah. I mean, hell, I wore my trench coats and I came back in the house. I'm like, yeah, it's it's not cold enough for this yet. <laughs> I for- sleep under like five blankets. Christ! It's cold. But yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. All right, let's uh, let's get on with the show here. <laughs> we'll start off with how was your week, how was your day, and kicking things off will be Mako-chan. Hi. So, um, yeah, Thanksgiving. Um, went to mom's and was feeling like shit. <clears throat> Family does so. that to you during the holidays. No, I was just feeling like shit. Oh. So, um, Friday she brought me meds, which is actually starting to make me feel better. Um, and then told me that I needed to take off December 19th because, um, her and her girlfriend are taking me to see Trans-Siberian Orchestra. I hate you! Jelly! Yep. <clears throat> I legitimately hate you now. So I didn't know whether or not they had gotten the tickets yet, but I found out today that the tickets have definitely been bought. So yeah, I will be seeing them. Um, yeah, other than that, I'm just uh, hanging out and having fun, getting little things together in the apartment. Uh, started decorating for the holidays. Um, most of what we've started decorating is probably not coming down at the end of uh, holidays. It's just lights that will permanently be up. Mm-hmm. We put lights around the bar. We put lights around the uh, the post that is connected to the breakfast bar. So, yeah, it's it's a little bit bright and festive. So, yeah. And then other than that, I am trying to plot for next Wednesday, having people come over for lunch. Yeah, I can kind of picture that. Everyone shows up, and you just stand. It's, it's, like, it's like, a, like a greasy spoon, <coughs> and, it says, and it says Mako-chan's on the front. And you're like, what do you want? <laughs> Something like a fucked up version of Two Broke Girls. Nah. Hmm. Nah. But yeah, so that's about it. Excited. Just trying to uh, get everything organized and all of that good fun stuff. Mm. That's good. Yeah, and work sucks, but nothing's new there. (laughs) I believe it. Alright, moving right along. Ichigo, how was your week and how was your day? I always love my music. Okay, 
I'm doing well. Actually, I spent most of today cleaning out my car uh, because International Lolita Day is happening this weekend on Sunday, and I'm helping out with a friend's big event where we're renting out a movie theater and just in general going to have a really awesome frilly time with my lovely frillies down here in Maryland and Virginia. It's super cute. Um, I'm so excited. Um, so I've been helping out with that. And then I'm also going to my first, uh, cookie swap, which I've never been to before in Christmas season. So I'm going to make my homemade, um, chocolate shortbread and for that. And then, um, for the event on Sunday, I'm going to make some chocolate chip cookies. Um, but yeah, that's basically what I've been focused on is just getting my car cleaned out, getting my house cleaned up, um, and getting ready for my trips around the area this weekend. Um, So, yeah, that was fun. And then, of course, cooking random things. Um, But, yeah, cleaning up my car was a lot of fun. I think I found, like, 20 pens from my old job that I think I just, like, stashed. Like, you know, you just, you stick them in your pocket, you don't think about it. And then they just fallen in between, like, the center console of my car and either my drive. Mm. Well, that was kind of abrupt. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was interesting to find out, like, all the crap I had just, like, lived. I I had lived in my car pretty much through college, and it really hadn't gotten a thorough cleaning since, um, a few years ago, so it needed it. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that was basically what I spent my day doing, just kind of chillaxing and and cleaning and getting that, getting my mind prepared Oh, my dress still isn't done, so I'm going to be sewing some of that tonight after the podcast. Fun times. But, yeah. That's cool. All right. My weekend day is pretty much working and then working on Black Friday. And I like to also call it a great Thursday or Thanksgiving Eve. See, I did not know we were open on Thanksgiving. I thought I was just going in to help set up the store, like set up for like Black Friday deals and points and stuff like that, which is something I'm used to doing at Staples, you know. Yeah, we're off that Wednesday, but that Tuesday night we'd stay late to, you know, set the store up. I walk by the store, I'm like, oh shit, we're open today, huh? Eh, that was fun though. We're all coming downstairs and, you know, we're talking to everybody and... We're getting all hyped, and you know, with the big glass windows out there, people watch. They're inside, outside, looking at us, getting all hyped, doing our uh, our store chant and all of that. And then we go to our positions, we open the door, and we start clapping all the people in. So that was kind of fun, you know. And then what was also awesome was that catered food. So I was happy to see that you were able to celebrate it with a group of people that you enjoyed and. Um, it, it's just really weird that a lot of retail, like retail settings, were open on Thursday. I think some of them as early as 3 p.m. Oh, and en- I was like, "What? Enjoy, tolerate, you know, seem diff. You know, the reason why retail started open up on Thursdays is because people kept complaining about getting up early for Black Friday day sales. Because if you notice, a lot of places aren't really open at 5 a.m. anymore." They open at six or seven now. They ha- you come in and do like, I know what radio what Radio Shack does. They open at eight a.m. and, and they open they stay open until one o'clock in the afternoon and that's it. <coughs> Some places are like 
from like 3 p.m. until 1 a.m. Then they reopen again the next day, either as normal hours or an hour prior or two hours prior. So I really didn't mind because I actually volunteered to work that day because somebody couldn't make it. I'm like, I'll take it. Sure, why not? That's just extra money to pay off some bills. And that's my goal. Pay them bills. Very important. Yeah. And that's really much has been pretty much been good. Um, I just, I went out and decided to get the new Nintendo 3DS because it was on sale for like 179 And then as I'm cleaning up my old 3DS, you know, putting it in the box, I noticed that the receipt for that one was in the box. And I pull it out. And I didn't realize that two and a half years ago, I paid $179 for, the, for my original 3DS. So I thought that was kind of cool. I also finally got around to replacing my microwave, and that showed up today. I just have to actually put it up on this, up on the, um, on my cabinet and get, let that up and roll, you know, set that up. Because I think I've been gone a little bit too long without a microwave oven. I also ended up getting a new vacuum, and I ran that earlier today, and it's much better than that half-assed dirt devil I got last year. It was either last year or two years ago I got that. Eh. But as for the new 3DS, the other thing that kind of sucks is that it doesn't come with a charger, but thankfully I had when I had my last 3DS, I ended up buying an extra charge cable to carry around with, so that's been coming in quite handy. That's really odd. Shouldn't you get a cable with a traditional electronic device? Yeah, but this time around, Nintendo's no longer packing an AC adapter with the new 3DS. They said because of the cost of the new, new of the new Nintendo 3DS, they said they packed it. It'll be, it'll be over the 200 price mark, which I can kind of understand, you know. Well, I guess most people would be just converting themselves to the newer technologies, so it wouldn't be as big of a deal. Yeah. Uh, okay. Taking a swig, huh? As always, and my glasses <laughs> and my glasses getting kind of low. Ah. Uh, yeah, I might glass have... looking half empty, buddy. Yeah, I might have to refill on the um on the break. Hmm. All right. So, and I also started some of my Christmas shopping, and Friday I should be able to have it all completed. And then the pain in the ass part is boxing it and shipping it and actually <clears throat> waiting for stuff to arrive. So especially when I got stuff coming from Japan. Yeah, shipping is always so much fun. Actually, I just um, I just shipped Ari's jacket back to him today. So hopefully he'll have it by Christmas. Yay. Well, if you shipped via normal USPS, you should have it in a week and a half. Yeah. So, and then um, what I'm doing, because <laughs> I haven't been able to really get a get a good lift as far as like a job, is I'm going to bake, bake for Christmas. So I might send you guys up some cookies or something. Mm, cookies. What? Make sure you send Mako-chan's share to my house directly. I'll see you till okay. she gets it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you do that, I could come home from work, see Mako-chan standing there with a two by four, like, where are my cookies, bitch? Uh-huh. <laughs> you guys will have to let me know um, later, like what kind of cookies you like, because I'm gonna make. I think I'm gonna make some like different different kinds, everything from like tea cake cookies to <clears throat> chocolate chip. So, mm, yeah, I have to sit down and figure out when I'm making my Christmas cookies. Mm. Because right. I do, I do chocolate chip, 
I do peanut blossoms, and then I do the uh, tricolor Italian rainbow cookie things. I really want to do the German anise cookies that are Springer Springer cookies mm-hmm. or gingerbread, like homemade hard gingerbread, but I'm not sure. We'll have to see what recipes are popular with people, and then I'll just make large, large batches. <laughs> well, so I much. vote for gingerbread. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have very German roots, so most German recipes I know how to make Liebkuchen and Springer cookies and all that fun stuff. Uh, and if we go into the chat room at live.vartnetwork.com, Nellis uh, is ready wants to know, when are we doing the drunken episode? Soon. Invites for that will be going out soon. Uh, they also celebrate six months of marriage. Congratulations. Uh, you haven't Congratulations. killed each other. Congratulations. You haven't killed each other yet, so that's a good thing. And they're clamoring for chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> Maybe. I'll have to see... Right now, it's it's going to kind of be skin tight for the holidays because the reason I'm baking is because you can get more for your money when you bake. So. Yep. Heart, you guys. I do. I promise. Sometimes the best Christmas gifts are the tastiest. <laughs> you know I'm right, though. I do love my cinnamon candy canes. I'm excited for those. Mm. Ooh, wreaths. Mmm. I don't know what those are made of, but they sound like they might be made of trees. <laughs> okay, all right. Let's go ahead and take our first break. When we get back, we're going to get us some news, and if you're a Digimon fan, you're going to get giddy over the, first, over the song break. Squee! So, um, we'll be back.
Okay, now before we get into our normal news, I got some type of breaking news. Not really breaking, but some interesting news that came across uh, my feed earlier today. Um, we've talked about in the past how we have photographers who take pictures of cosplayers, and they in turn will sell those pictures and pocket the money and not give the cosplayers a cut of it. Or we hear of like sites that do that's the similar thing and we're all fighting and arguing you know why are you selling pictures of the cosplay to advertise your stuff things have gotten a tad bit more interesting bags of dicks pretty much what happened there is a website um i'm pulling it up right now called um wallpart.com it's called the world's largest online shop of posters and wall decor. It's pretty much like this. You ever gone to DeviantArt and you found images that were awesome? You see on the sides how you could get posters, size images to purchase from the site, right? Mm-hmm. What if you could do that and you didn't have to go to DeviantArt? You could just search any image you want, get that image, and have it printed up as a poster. Actually, um, that would be interesting, but uh, kind of sucky for whatever picture you were doing, you know, if somebody was an artist for that. Uh-huh. That's- yeah, it's especially really bad in the DeviantArt community and the Artist Alley community because they've been noted to not only steal cosplay work, but also steal straight up artwork. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it seems that that's what Wallpart.com does. It's pretty much, it's sort of like you search for whatever and their their API algorithm is sort of like Google images or Bing images or whatever. It finds it. It finds all these images and if you click on it, it gives you the option if you want it printed up as a poster. For some, that's a cool thing, but what if you're a cosplayer or a photographer? See where I'm getting at? They also have people like Jessica Negri and I think some Yaya Han stuff on here. So, yeah, this is straight up wrong. It's not just them. It's not like they're storing it. All they're doing is they're going out to the internet to search for the image. And if you and they bring the images back and the links to where it's from and an option to print it up. Few of my cosplaying friends have been found this way. So I think it's kind of creepy that you could print up a poster of a co- of a cosplayer like that. I mean, a part of me kind of respects the business behind it, but not, I can't support it ethically, you know? Can't. Yeah, in no way is this a good thing. If you're not crediting the artists who create the work, it's always a negative thing. And it, it's very important to credit the artists and the photographers and the people who definitely dedicate a lot of time and effort. I mean, a lot of these pictures that I'm seeing, when you go on their website, um, not that I'm going to give them business or anything, but mm-hmm. just to check out what they have, um, look like they've actually been fully edited um, or changed um, for, like, photographers, professionals, giving, you know, professional-grade photos back to cosplayers. Mm-hmm. So please don't support them. They're a bag of dicks. And as it says on their site, Wallpart respects the copyright of others. This means we don't steal photos or images that other people have shared and pass them off as your own. We have no base of images 
and don't host or store the images on servers. Wallpart.com only helps the user to find the images interesting to him. The site uses the data most known third-party search engines. Process of search happens at the user's browser. The user himself makes such a query. All contents displayed in the window browser is received from third-party search engines. The displayed images are loaded from third-party servers and aren't host on the site's hosting. When the user makes the order, we get the image from the user he has responsibility of use. Wallpart.com doesn't bear responsibility for the images received from users. So in other words, all the site does is drops it onto the paper and prints it out because you're giving them the image that you found through their site. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of shitty. It is. And again, I can respect the business behind it because that is ingenuitive. It doesn't take much to do something like that and throw it up there because not for nothing, you can find, like, you can do a site through Drupal or WordPress and get, like, photo editing software to upload to the site that can easily do all of this stuff, you know? And then since the image is on your browser and you're sending it back, that's how you are the one that's breaking um, the copyright laws and stuff. I I think it's more like it's more like they're baiting you to do it, you know? It's more like entrapment if you ask me. It's basically like hosting a link to hosting um, like hosting a link to a server that's an off-site server but it's not theirs so it's not their fault. It's like torrents. Um, yeah, it's like torrenting, basically. It's like we're not torrenting. The torrents are on the other person's or on their computers. We're just chilling with them. We're just redirecting. That's all we're doing. So you see this picture? You can have it. You just have to have it on your computer when you print it. Yeah. Yep. And the thing is, you really can't hit them with a C and D, really, because they're not hosting images. It's coming through a perfectly used uh, web browser, you know, through search engines. So well, actually, you can ask them to, you can do a and d with them because there are a few artists on Artist Alley mm-hmm. um, forums and communities that have done it with them. And okay. their work gets either marked or taken down or something like that. But I've heard good things when they are asked to do it. But it's kind of like one of those things where, and, and artists and Artist Alleys have the same predicament where, you know, I, I you know I didn't realize that it was copyrighted, you know. But you know, fan art's cool, and like, oh well, you know, we're not hosting it, so we can print it for them, and it's cool. So it's it's the artist's predicament and the the company's predicament where, oh, if they don't, if they pretend they don't know or they play the stupid card, they think they can get away with it. And the site is somehow based out of Russia, so I'm not surprised by that either. <laughs> I Yeah, I'm not going to go to the communist Russia jokes. Mm. I think they're a little overdone now. They're so. never overdone. That, that's just... Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Enough of that shit. Hopefully, the site will eventually be pulled down. They'll get hit with enough C&Ds where they're like, you know what? We gotta go. Okay. Let's move right along. Let's get into um, interesting news here. I think um, Mako-chan is gonna want the first story. Yes, I am. Of course you do. 
Yeah, so I'm um, excited to say that my boys from uh, Cute High Earth Defense Club Love <clears throat> are getting a stage play. Lord. Uh, so it's going to run from March 10th to March 13th in Tokyo. And uh, yeah, so it's giving a list of the actors that will be playing the boys. Um, <clears throat> so uh, Hiroki Murakami is writing and directing the production, and Marvelous, Pony Canyon, and uh, Sigan Live Creation are sponsoring it. Uh, in addition to the stage play, a second anime season has been greenlit. So excited about that as well. <laughs> um... But yeah, so nothing really besides what actors are going to be actually doing what characters. Um, we don't know, you know, what the plot's going to be right now. If it's going to be a retelling of the anime. If it's going to be, you know, something silly or quirky that is just kind of out there. Um so no idea about that so far. Uh, so once we actually get some of that, we will keep everybody updated because yay, cute high earth defense club love. But I can't wait to see these guys in character. Because that's when you really get to see what's going on. But yeah, super, super, super excited because this anime is fucking crack. Down, girl, down. It is. It is <laughs> just, it's it's crack. It is a parody of every magical girl anime you could think of. They make fun of just about everything. They had a spoof on Detective Conan and couldn't say Detective Conan. So we're actually beeping it out. <clears throat> they were beeping out actors' names and things like that from competing anime. It's just, it's hilarious. It is an amazing anime, and, you know, it's something that I think everybody needs to watch because it's just that damn funny. It's one I've been meaning to get into because I know I've heard lots of really rave reviews about it, but I love any, like, Japanese stage show that I've seen that has come from anime so far, so I haven't been too disappointed, so it sounds like it's going to be a really fun show. Yeah, it's, you know, I, I really hope that this is one that somebody records and then, you know, puts online, because I'd really, really, really like to see it. It might just happen, so you never know. It's crack. It's it's serious crack. And I just told this to a friend of mine. She's like, she wants to get her hands on a stage play DVD. <laughs> it has to happen. It needs to happen. I want to see it. Because it's, it's just going to be one of those weird comedy type things. And it just needs to happen. All right. 
I guess I can let Ichigo play, let, talk about the next article. That's definitely right up her, right up her alley. Love Live! Mm -hmm. So hey, those of you who love Love Live, uh, the School Idol Festival game is getting an arcade version. The original game app topped 13 million in Japan and 20 million worldwide. The live-streamed Love Live School Idol Festival special, Shan Shan Party Night, announced on Friday that the arcade version of Love Live School Idol Festival game has been green-lit, and more details will be announced in the future. The event also announced that the original smartphone game app had over 13 million users in, in Japan, and as of November 14th, to commemorate the milestone, the game will offer a love custom every day from December 1st to December 7th as a special login bonus. To commemorate Shit. the milestone of topping 20 million users worldwide, nine more Kira Kira Sensation costume R cards will be added on December 15th. So yay! Excitement! Arcade versions of things. It's gonna be super cute and adorbs. So. Shit, I have to put Love Live back on my phone now. Damn it! <laughs> The game is super cute, but I have such difficulty with rhythm games, even on the phone, that I couldn't really play it. I really I just, like the costumes. <laughs> I, that, I just really They're... wanted to collect the cards, and you have to actually play the game to collect the cards and get all that crap, and it's such a pain in the ass. Can't you play it on your tablet and get it that way? It's, it's the whole rhythm thing, because of the way... My eyes are, I have difficulty um, focusing in certain lights. So trying to match all of that up by hitting things when it, you know, lights up, mm. basically is a pain in the ass for me. Well, not for nothing. I mean, I, I it took... I'm really excited about the news, but I think I know the company that's behind this arcade game, and it sure as hell ain't Konami. This this is my take right here. If the clip will play. <laughs> let's let, let, let let's hear that again. This is who I think that's behind the uh, the the Love Live arcade game. Yeah, they have they have they have done the Hatsune Miku um, Project Diva games for arcade and PlayStation Three. They did the uh, K on arcade, I mean rhythm game, and I think they also did the um, uh, what is that one anime where I really liked the first season, but the second season was horrible. Oh yeah, Haruhi. They also did the Haruhi rhythm game as well. So I think that's where my money is. Do they just have a collectible card game that has all of these? Because that's I I would rather collect kinda, the cards that way. Kind of, sort of. There is an anime-based card game out, but I don't think it has these types of cards. Well, that sucks. Um, I, I know I read about it uh somewhere. Yeah, Ways Schwartz Love Live. That's what it is. Yeah. Because, like, you know, I, I watched both seasons of the anime, and I thought it was cute, and I liked it for the most part, but some of the characters annoyed the fuck out of me, like, big time. But 
I love these cards. I love all their little outfits, and that's all I really want to collect. Well, if you look around on sites, there are people who actually rip those cards, and you can just download them as images. I'm just saying. I know it's yeah, not but the then same. I have to print them out, and it's just not as fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Waze Schwartz. They do a... It, they, it's, they have there's different like anime based card games based around that card game engine, uh-huh. and there is they have ones for Love Live. I might actually have to pick those up myself. Yeah, I mean it's just like the outfits are super adorable. I'm not a big fan of you know the songs and all of that because I'm not really a big fan of the idols you know, the whole idol genre kind of thing. But I yeah, love their outfits. I. The outfits are so freaking adorable. So cute. I have a lot of friends who do the idol cosplay thing, but so I just, do I. I don't know. I, I love the outfits, but I really could never get in too much into the show itself. Like I watched a bit of it and it was just hard because I guess I'm not, I'm not super girly girl when it comes to anime. And it always seems like the idol ones are either, super girly girl or obviously made for people who want to see you know really tiny chicks um it kind of almost reminds me of the um the community in japan that's about like not pursuing the high school girl look because it it's almost like the porn industry over there (laughs) Kind of, um, sort of. Um, you ever, you ever, I, best way I describe Love Live is this. If you liked Glee, you're going to love Love Live. If you hated Glee, you're going to enjoy Love Live because it's what Glee should have been. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for me, I think it's too slice of life. There are very few slice of life anime that I actually enjoy um Mm -hmm. and this is just it's too it's too i don't know boring i guess but as i said the the anime is really cute most of the characters annoy the fuck out of me and i can't stand them especially nico Um, i i can't stand nico Mm. i cannot stand nico um there's really only three or four characters that I can actually tolerate. Um, Two of which I actually enjoy, but four that I can, you know, two more that I can tolerate. But the rest, I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. It's your scene. Nope, I'm done. Nope. (laughs) Sort of like how you went through uh, My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. I still go through My Little Pony like that. (laughs) If I see that it's, you know, a certain character's show and none of the other characters are going to be in it, I kind of fast forward <laughs> yeah. just to get the plot. See, that reminds me about the season fina- season finale. I liked it and all, but there was nothing that led up to that, you know? It, they just dropped it and it's like, oh. We forgot about this. Let's make this the season finale. I mean... Yeah, it was... It, I liked where the plot was going, but the end is just like, oh, here, the end. And I'm just like, what the fuck? All of that build-up left to this, and it was just, no, 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 no. 
and not for nothing, I don't blame Sunset, uh, whatever her name is, for what she did. I do not blame her at all. No, and see, I was I was hoping the whole conclusion would be her actually going, oh, hey, I screwed up, I'm sorry. And instead, the whole conclusion was, oh, you're going to be my friend now? Okay. That was it. She was not at all sorry for what she did. She was not sorry for, you know, screwing up the world at all. But it's like, oh, you're going to be my friend. Okay, I'll stop. I did like their take on World War II, though. That was cool. The, yeah, I mean, the, the alternative worlds were pretty fun. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, moving on. Well, not everybody's going to know this background track unless they've watched the original Japanese series of Yu-Gi-Oh! Because we all know the entire soundtrack got nerfed in the U.S. along with the first season. It's time to do 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 Slap. Aww. Anywho. Um, hold on one second. To answer your question, Mako, no, I do not. But I just have just the soundtrack. Well... Can you try and find it? Because you would know what would be a legit copy more than I would. Uh, trust me. As soon as it pops up, you best believe you would be one of the first few people to know. It should be up. I will do a check for it later. Thank you. And in the chat room, Kelly says, screw the rules, I have money. Hmm. Yu-Gi-Oh!'s Millennium Puzzle cast in pure gold to be displayed at Jump Festa. Now, that's a whole lot of bling! In celebration of the upcoming 2016 film, Yu-Gi-Oh!, The Dark Side of Dimensions, Jump Festa 2016 will display a pure gold replication of Yugi Muto's Millennium Puzzle. Recreating the mystical Egyptian object that Yugi used to channel mysterious Yami Yugi, this puzzle is made from 25 million yen. Oh, Jesus Christ! Which translates to a little, to about $204,000. Worth of pure gold and weighs over 3 pounds. The Millennium Puzzle will be featured at the event on December 19th. The movie will be released in Japanese theaters on April 23rd in celebrations of the franchise's 20th anniversary. Advanced ticket orders will receive a special Blue Eyes Alternative White Dragon card. I want the card. I kind of want the Millennium Puzzle. Well, yeah, just to sell it. Well, yeah, melt it. I th- want the freaking card. To melt it down and sell it, because Daddy has bills to pay. Mm-hmm. I want the card. Is it if so you that you can make yet? a four-headed white dragon? No, if you haven't guessed yet, I really, really, really like collecting cards. <laughs> I don't play any of these fucking games. I just collect the cards because they're pretty. Yep. You're just like, mmm, pretties, precious, exactly. precious. Mm-hmm. Put it yes. in a box. Especially I've actually got a binder full of cards. <laughs> that I actually so... need a larger binder because I've got that many cards. I feel like a lot of my jewelry friends would really want it just to melt it down so that they can make other stuff out of it. I'd melt it down just to sell it. <sighs> but yeah, Mako-chan and her cards... Especially Sailor Moon cards. It's it's any cards. Mm. I have um, Sailor Moon cards, both English and Japanese. 
I've got um, Sailor Moon game cards. I've got Yu-Gi-Oh game cards. I have um, Pokemon game cards. And don't play the games. I wouldn't know, you know, the first part of playing these games. I have um, uh, the Gundam Wing game cards. I have, I believe, Yu Yu Hakusho. Um, Basically, any anime had a card game associated with it. Pretty much any. I think I saw, like, everything from Sailor Moon cards to Yu Yu Hakusho cards to Dragon Ball Z cards back in the day. I have those. I have the Dragon Ball Z cards, but I think it's the... uh, the anime cards, not the game cards. Mm. Yeah, because there was have, both. Uh-huh. And I, have, I was a loser. I was actually in the Pokemon League. Oh. And yeah, that's what, what I did my life. Um, what else do I have? Um, oh, I have Fushigi Yugi cards. Yes! And then I have really, really old cards. Like, I have um, the movie collector cards from uh, the first Ninja Turtle movie. I have the movie collector cards from uh, Batman Forever, I think. Um, I have some magic cards, which they're scattered all over the boxes that I have that I have to look at. No, that's okay. Um, and yeah, I have a shit ton of Sailor Moon cards. And uh, I made... <laughs> Ronma messaged me. He's at AAC. He's like, um, they have Sailor Moon cards. Do you want? I said, yes, how much? <laughs> Which I also so did shiny, last year. Though. Most of them are holographic and stuff. Mm-hmm. So pretty. Well, don't forget I did that last year, too, so... Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I'm like, here, here's $20, paypal Now get me my damn cards. <laughs> Be my Sherpa for my addiction. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Mm. Your first step is admitting you have an addiction problem. Oh, I fully admit that I am addicted to collecting cards. That does not mean that I'm going to stop anytime soon. Mm. I mean, at least she's not like that woman in Japan who collects plastic food. What? Yeah, there's well, a woman, you know, like the the fake food that they have in like the front of of stores and stuff. Yeah. There's a company that makes it, and a woman who actually has a whole room. Like, drawers and stuff full. She's in the Guinness Book of World Records for owning the most pieces of plastic food. Uh, Those things actually sell for quite a bit of money. Oh, yeah. They they make them bank. So, that one room of hers is probably worth a hell of a lot of money. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Especially if she has some of the older ones. Oof. Yeah. Because those are really, really, really good collector uh, collectors things in Japan. Oh yeah, I like the tiny food things. I mean, uh-huh. even in America, there's there are some circles that are like tiny fake food. Yes, please. My husband asked me if I bought tiny fake food. I'm gonna say no. When do I buy it? I would rather oh. buy tiny real food. Yeah, tiny real food <laughs> is a better. Yeah, I do get tiny fake food jewelry, but it's because I'm Lolita and it's kind of a like a it's a thing that we do. We wear food with our outfits because we're cute that way. Damn it. And I just had to facepalm. 
<laughs> like okay. my group of Lolitas is like probably the worst cursing Lolitas you will ever meet. So we will be dressed up as princesses and cursing up a storm. Like sailors, but that's not why I had to facepalm. Oh. Now we why all did you facepalm? Over to this saw a linked from change.org. Mm. Now we all know everyone has a beef with change.org when it comes to the petitions. And I get that. Some work, some do not. Some petitions, you're all behind. And then there are some that make you go, are you serious? Oh, you mean like like the ones where it's like, even like in Kickstarter where you're like, how did that, what? Why does that exist? Well, here's one for you. I think it just started today. Mm. It's a change.org petition going to NASA. To, okay. To change the most. If you're listening to the music, you kind of. I think you might know where I'm going with this. If not, hold on to your boxers. I'm not wearing any boxers. Neither am I. Well, both of you are a couple of freaks, huh? Anywho, NASA recently found a planet called Kepler 22b. There is a petition to change the name of the planet to Namek. Did they discover green people there that regenerate? Nope. Why? This is what it says. As a fan of Dragon Ball Z, GT, Super. Okay, you put GT in there. You've already disavowed yourself. Planet Namek has been an icon throughout the stories of the famous anime series, manga series created by Kira Toriyama, animated by Toei Animation. I've made this petition to get Kepler-22b an official name, which will be named after a very lavish planet. They all look alike as well. I petition to change the name of Kepler-22b to Namek. Um, that's all cool and everything, but usually the person that finds the celestial body is the one that is able to name the celestial body. Some people don't know that. You mean like all the people that name their loved one the stars after their loved one? Yep. And how it's like probably named after 20,000 other people. Yep. Oh, that's your star, mommy. Yeah. It, yeah, the family. buy a star thing. Here, here's your star. Here's and, your star. you know, 20,000 other people. Yeah. And as Ari Rockefeller says, and I checked with live.botnetwork.com, name it Vegeta. Kelly the Mighty says, I'm petitioning food making me fat. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, it's possible because... I, I mean, if the person that discovered it either wasn't a private investor type of person, like if if it was just some guy sitting at the computer and goes, oh, hey, here's, you know, here's a mass... Um, sometimes they will put them up on their website and go, what do you want to name, you know, oh, let's name this planet. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and as one person says, um, I think that I liked his comment out of everybody's here. We need to find the Dragon Balls. That would be fun. Mm-hmm. I would love to find the Dragon Balls. We all would. Yeah. I don't know if I'd like to spend my life looking for balls. 
I think I'm cool. But they're shiny. I know where this is going. What? They're shiny. I know where this is going. Um. And and travel around with crazy ass monkeys. What? But they're shiny. <sighs> and not blue, so that's good. <laughs> yes. They're not blue. You know what else Grant's wishes, Kelly? You know what else Grant's wishes? I don't know. Well, if he born. Well, if he is married, of course his balls will be blue. Hey yo! Oh, <laughs> but my thing is, would it be a Dragon Ball? Like, if you gather all the Dragon Balls, would you get one wish, or two wishes, or three you only wishes? Get one. Well, no, it depends on who Kami is now. Oh, that's true. If they feel like generous. Well, no, because the original, Ka- like the original Kami from the series, um, he was only able to do one wish. Because of whatever. But when Dende took over as Kami, um, because he was from Namek, he was able to do two. But I think the Namekians are able to do three. So basically what you're saying is Dende was short him. Yes. God, bag of dicks. <laughs> and that was our Dragon Ball chat section <laughs> portion of the show. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't remember. It's been a while since I, you know, since the whole Dragon Ball arc. Yeah. Things. Yeah, I've kind of delayed watching it, uh, rewatching it as well. So now I'm just like, I'm trying to remember now. I, I, I know the original Kami, you only got one. And the original Kami, you could only bring back somebody from death once. But once Dende took over, you could bring back the dead as many times as you wanted to, I think. Mm. I haven't watched it in a while, so I forget. I'm sorry. That's okay. Speaking of evolution of things, do we want to go into our next little thing? Yeah, we probably should. And I just realized I clicked on the link. I think we talked about this on a podcast previously, but still, this is something that always comes up in topics. Yeah, it's it's an old one, but I was looking through things, and I thought it was, you know, interesting, only because there are so many people going crazy over the different styles of anime so I figured I would put this one up there again and go, hey, they're always changing. Fuck off. I like it, actually, personally. I, I hadn't seen this article before. Um, for those of you who are kind of lost, because we're talking about an article, it's about the evolution of anime visuals and how anime has changed throughout the many decades that it has existed um, because it started in the 50s and 60s. Um so I will just take the reins on this one. Go ahead. Okay. So Japanese animation has a rich and lengthy history, with some shows having aired as early as the 1960s. Naturally, it goes without saying that things have changed since the days of Astro Boy, and yet this still begs the question, what exactly changed? Mm-hmm. In this article... <laughs> I will take a look at the visual aspects of anime and how they've evolved over the years and also be looking at uh, 
they have in the article a drawing of Akiyama Mio from Kion, and they have a basically a, a drawing that they've used as their individual um, kind of safety. They draw the same character in the same pose for the different decades. So welcome to the 60s. Um, it was crude animation in Japan, and it had existed as early as the 1920s, and even some dating before that, because we love cartoons. The 1960s typically marked the proper beginning of, beginning of anime, words, it, and um, as an actual medium, and it started to serialize television series that made their debut. Um, it was also the decade that saw some of the first Japanese animation studios like Toei, Mushi, Tele, Cartoon Japan, etc. And um, the ways that the anime uh, style kind of was uh, categorized was that it was uh, mostly black and white. The aspect ratio was usually in consistence of a 5 to 4 ratio. The eye style was a solid pupil with a minimal eyelash accent. Uh, simple curves for the face with a slight bulge of the cheek. And a solid black sawtooth bang um, for the hair. And then the noses were usually small yet noticeable either by line work or small shadows. Um, so then we move on to the 70s. And it saw a decline in Japanese animation because manpower started to die out for it. Um, it was also due to a big part to live action television and how that was developing. A lack of animators in the industry provided a blessing, though, because many fresh animators and faces were promoted to managerial sections and directorial positions due to the lack of manpower. And innovative ideas were allowed to be thrown around and made into new anime. And it was important in giving Japanese animation its own identity and separating it from emulating Disney cartoons, which was a lot of what anime was trying to do back in the day. Mm -hmm. um, the color palettes were usually pastel colors with minimal shading. Um, the aspect ratio was, again, inconsistent. The eye style was iris, uh, was visible with more light reflection and more eyelashes. Show so many eyelashes. Um, round or angular. Um was the facial shape and hairstyle was more detailed and in more realistic colors. So not so many purples and blues and greens. Um, and the nose style was again, small yet noticeable And the eighties called they want their anime back. Oh. Um, in extremely pop in the extreme popularity of star Wars in the West, it made many Japanese studios start to write space operas and it, the decade, is kind of known for being the mecha genre's popular, popularity explosion decade. Um, the otaku subculture was on the rise as well, and Yurusei Yatsura debuted in 1981, so we kind of know where that kind of grew the anime fandom. Um, anime films be became more ambitious, and uh, each title kind of tried to outdo the last and it began the golden age of Japanese cinema. Um, the color palette was saturated bold colors. The aspect ratio was typically four to three. The eye style was small with highly realistic proportions. The facial style was angular and almost uh, realistic or lifelike. The hair style was almost uh, illustrated each natural 
um, strand of hair and the nose style was very noticeable. So this was when you started to notice the line work and the shadow work kind of playing a part into making the characters much more realistic in a cartoon way. Um, in the 90s, there's not too much to say about animation, mm. um, but a few things bear mentioning. It started to become an international phenomenon and it had series such as Dragon Ball Z, Sailor Moon, and Pokemon that came to us in the U.S. Um, the subculture was developed further, and it show the shows that were big were shows with attractive heroines like Slayers and Tenchi Muyo um, and things like that. Um, they also began to overtake the mecha decade that had happened before. Um, so the color palette was of course very saturated in very bold colors. Um, it was almost consistently four to three aspect ratio. The eyes were usually large and unrealistically angular, a lot of light reflection with oval pupils. The facial style was very angular. Um, the hairstyle was usually wild and crazy and unrealistic and the noses were usually pretty small. Mm. Now coming into our current decade, from 2000 on, um, some say the era of this is the start of decline in anime. Um, when the so-called golden age ends, it's when moe-obsessed otaku subculture reaches critical mass. <laughs> That's what the article says. <laughs> At this point in time, innovation allegedly reaches a standstill with modern studios like KyoAni or JC staff being afraid to try out new things. On the flip side, however, a plethora of genres becomes available to the modern anime fan, ranging from slice-of-life comedies and sports shows in addition to the space operas and fantasy epics of yesteryear. The rise of the internet, streaming, and internet piracy also exposes Western audiences to more anime than ever before. Now, I don't promote piracy because there are so many other ways to get your anime. Um, but yeah, so the color palettes are usually bright, washed out colors in pastels. Um, it used to be four to three, and it was eventually taken over by 16 to nine. Um, there's a complex gradation of iris colors and a lot more lighting to eye style, um, as well as stylized eyelashes. And then facial styles usually got curvier and still had some of the influence from the 90s, but they've gotten a little more soft. Um, the hairstyle is usually a blend of real and unrealistic colors and styles, and the nose style is usually very, very small. So yeah, I think a lot of what anime has today... Um, is a lot smoother, a lot softer than it has been previously. I personally like the style between the 80s and the 90s, but I think a lot of that is because that's the anime I grew up with and I got to know. Um, but there are some of the stylizations that I like of nowadays, um, but I still miss some of my old school. You know, I have to agree because... I'm look as I was watching Love Live and a few others. It's like it's a mishmash. Like some depending on what type of anime you're watching, it's a cross between the 80s and the 90s. Some of it is a cross of you know 90s and the 2000s, and then you have like this newer style where it's like it's just, you know it's anime, but they're trying to draw the characters a little more realistic. You know, sort of like what sort of like how Digimon Tree looks. Okay, well, like, see, I don't mind the realism so much because GTO mm -hmm. and anime like that yeah. in the 90s and the 80s kind of used it to a comical aspect. Yes. But um, 
It, yeah, uh, like Shinji is saying in the chat, um, the older stuff feels more organic and labor of love rather than what has to be produced to be the next trendy thing. Whereas a lot of anime nowadays, at least to those of us who grew up in the era or the golden age of anime, as they want to call it, mm -hmm. kind of got used to the idea of new stories every once in a while. But nowadays, like, okay, so we're just going to spin the wheel of genres and see what we're going to make this year. Okay, guys, looks like slice of life and zombies. All right. You know, so it, it it's a little disappointing. But I still feel like there's more to explore. I don't know if it's just me, but that's how I feel about it. But what's cool is that, you know, we have these animes that are being rebooted, and it's really cool to see how they look in a newer, in a newer style. I mean, I like look at Sailor Moon Crystal. I mean, yes, it's closer to Naoko Takeuchi's manga, but, the, but it still has, like, that newer generation style feel to it. Mm, I mean yeah. the whole thing the whole thing you also have to look at is every artist that works on these anime mm -hmm. um are gonna twist things to themselves. Um I'm looking at one right now and I didn't include it because it is all visual. Mm -hmm. Um and it's basically the subtle changes in anime depending on animators and directors. So, I mean, I can't read any of this. I don't know what the directors are and what the animators are. But just going through some of these characters, um, you know, starting from the first director that might have done it all the way to the last director, there are huge changes in the way a character looks, the way the jawline lines up, the way, you know, their their eyes look and are portrayed just because of who happens to be either animating it or directing it. <clears throat> the way so that true. the way you know how how processed the hair is like i'm looking at one here it's from um from dragon ball uh from dragon ball z uh dragon ball gt yeah dragon ball gt and dragon ball super and going through and looking at the different animations and looking at kid trunks and the first couple of directors, you know, the artists and everything, his hair is very, you know, very organized. It's very, um, very styled. There's spaces. It looks like somebody took care to actually go through. And then you get into some of the later ones, and it's basically a bowl cut with lines. Mm. They didn't do anything to make it look realistic at all. And then you get into the later series, and they leave some of that... Um, some of, like some of it on the sides, but you know, start to style his front again, and then you get into super, and everything is back to being fully styled. And I mean, that's just within that's just one character in a couple of years being changed, like just his hair being changed so freaking much, just depending on who's doing it. His eyes, depending on who's doing it, um, are either set wider or narrower. Um, the pupils are larger or smaller, depending on who's doing it. And, I mean, it, it's just in one series. And, I mean, you start to look at Sailor Moon and some of these... Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, so, some of them are changed so dramatically from one show, like, from one episode to another, depending on who's actually doing the art. Remember Luna in, like, the first episode of Sailor Moon Crystal? They made her so fat! Mm-hmm. 
And then like, oh my god, I don't, I didn't, okay, Sailor Moon, when they rebooted it into Crystal, I was so excited, and then it was like, you couldn't, you couldn't think that they could make the characters any skinnier than they were, you know, being 14-year-old girls, they had kind of not completely normal body shapes, but reasonable body shapes, not Barbie, but kind of close, um, in the original, and then they took them in crystal, and as soon as I saw the first, like, Sailor Jupiter dancing across the screen, or Venus dancing across the screen, I was like, what have they done? Why did they stretch you? Why are you two heads taller than you were in the original? Like, I don't understand. But I understand the, like, the concept of the different directors handling it differently, but I really, I don't know, I like old school, that's, that's my camp. Yeah, Monkey like, I'm here. looking at this, this is, um, one of the later Yu-Gi-Oh's, uh, what is it, GX or XD or whatever the fuck they are, uh, but the one with the, the main character is the brown-haired kid. But I'm looking at this, and depending on who is directing, it changes the entire color palette. Uh... Some of them he looks very, very young. Some of them he looks very, very old. Well, not very, very old, but, you know, some of them he looks more like a young teenager. Some of them he looks like an older teenager. But some of these, it completely changes the color palette from, you know, nice, bright, and vibrant to completely washed out. So I think it's funny that this is, you know, this was just one series. It's going through, you know, episode by episode for this one. And it's just, it's really, really funny to see just how different the color palette is episode by episode. And here's something interesting. Um, if you've watched uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, three different seasons, three different styles of animation. Well, I mean, that's what happened with uh, Tenchi Muyo, too. But here's the thing, it's all done by the same animation studio. They decided to do something different for each season to get, it, to get be more catchy with it. Yeah, that's that's a little weird. I mean, all three seasons, you can see they're all similar, but you can see how it's much different. You know, like the first season, it was like very 80s style. Then the later two seasons had more. I think the most recent season, the last one, I think Stardust Crusaders, had that animation style similar to One Piece. To register participation for this week's episode of Anime Jam Session on vognetwork.com, use the passphrase, Chicken. Mm. Yeah, like I'm looking at this and they have um, the differences by director for Crayon Shinchan, just his mother. Yeah. And how she's drawn. Um, I posted it in the chat and I posted it in our Skype. And I mean, just the way she's drawn is crazy. Mm. I mean, because that's a very simplistically drawn show. Um, because it, I mean, again, it's for, it's for kids, even though it's crazy, <clears throat> but I mean, you're looking at something that is very simplistic that has been running forever and her changes over time have been very, very drastic. Hmm. And that's just because it's, you know, different directors, different artists, Still camping old school. That's just where I'm going to stay. It's all good. For me, I don't really care what the anime style is as long as the story is good. There you go. 
Okay, uh, let me see what's going on here. Okay, and um, on a bit of a, a sad note. Um, sad. Dorimon Sazesan voice actress Sumika Shirakara passes away. Uh, the agency for Dorimon and Sazesan voice actress Sumika Shirakara, whose real name is Sumika Shirato, announced on Friday, yeah, Friday, that she passed away at the age of 80. According to authorities, Shikata did not show up for a recording session for Sazesan this past Thursday. Staff from the program and her family visited her house for visit her home where she lives alone and found her in the uh, bathroom. The agency said that because she passed at home, a medical coroner will examine her and determine the cause of death and other information. Shikata who debuted as a voice actress in the 60s, is most known for her roles in Doraemon and Sazai-san. She played Dekisugi in 1973 and 79 Doraemon anime and several Doraemon films. And Sazai-san, she played the role of Katsuo's classmate uh, Nakajima-kun. Fuji TV will air Shirakawa's final performance at Nakajima-kun in the episode of Sazai-san that will air on November 29th. Fuji TV has decided to hold auditions to recast her role. Other roles included uh, Jiro Salmon in Kyoji no Hoshi, Ace in Space Ace, Hakate in Shin Obake no Kyutaro, Mitsuro and Pula in the 1980s Astro Boy series, Sid Sawyer in Adventures of Tom Sawyer. She also did varied roles in Gege no Kitaro, Gachiman, Himitsu no Akochan, Time Bokan, and Yaraman. That's a legend right there. Tell you what, though, Megumi, when Megumi Hashibara passes, all of the internet's gonna—it's gonna just lights gonna gonna go off. I see that happening. It's just so sad. We are losing so many people. Mm-hmm. At least 2015 eased up a little bit, as opposed to last year. Mm. Yeah, but at the same time, a lot of the people that are passing are older. True. I, I I get that, but it's like you, it's like in your mind, in your heart, these various actors and actresses, voice actors and voice actresses, in your mind, you think that they're going to live forever, and then when you hear this happening, you have to realize, yeah, they don't, it's not like that, you know? Oh, I, I completely yeah. agree and understand that, but yeah. at the same time, you know, they've lived a full life, so I'm not... You know, I'm not as upset, say, when a 30-year-old ends up passing mm-hmm. for no apparent reason whatsoever. Point taken. All right. All right. So the last anime article. Uh, fans of Eva, who might be, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I, I I found this and I just I had to, but yeah. So there's um. We we all know that there's apparel for certain anime. Mm-hmm. Um and apparently, <clears throat> the underwear maker B Tones and the apparel store Radio Eva have come out with uh, Evangelion boxers. Mm. Uh, the fronts are uh, kind of like a camo look and have the 
nerve uh, icon. And then the backs have the uh, Eva. Yeah, so um, the boxers carry the image of Eva Unit 1 and Unit 2. They are rendered a little bit more abstract than usual, thanks to camouflage in the front um, and artwork by London-based artist Akiko Ban on the back. Uh, they are made with sweat-absorbent, fast-drying material to enable use in sporting contexts as well as daily life. And the they can be purchased at the Evangelion store for twenty-four sixty-six. Um, but yeah, so they're also taking on uh, more of an American style look as well. So, um, Ame Kami se uh, style series, which interprets Evangelion um, as if it were an American comic, has put hoodies up. And the hoodies show units one and two performing their unison attack. So it's very uh, American comic looking, and that's going to run you about 60 bucks from the Eva store. Uh, there's also t-shirts that are going to have the Americanized image of Unit 1, and they're going to cost you about $33.50. Um, and then they've got badges and... Uh, clear files and all sorts of little things um, but yeah so everything is on the Eva store website hey baby would you like to see my Eva unit yeah you keep your <laughs> unit in your pants dude <laughs> I couldn't help it somebody had to make the joke <laughs> Yeah, but I'm just looking at that and going, okay, so you've got a purple unit and a red unit. Yeah, your uh, units are a little um, diseased, I guess. Mm. And if we go into the chat room at live.botnetwork.com, Shinji Ikari goes, entry plugs? <clears throat> and Ari Rockefeller says, no, that's the Asuka version. <laughs> Yeah, so, um... And also, something, yeah. some spear, uh, longing this joke. Fair enough. Yeah. I... As I said, keep your units in your pants. Oh. Or else they might turn funny colors. Yeah, yeah if you don't keep your units in your pants, the angels are going to come and destroy them. Sort of like pillow pants? Um... Pillow pants. Clerks too. Dude, did you just bring up pillow pants? <laughs> yes, I did. Oh my god, you brought up pillow pants. Yes, I did. Oh dear god. <laughs> so anyway, um, as long as, uh, as long as Unit One doesn't start crying, I guess she'll be all right. Get in the fucking boxer, Shinji. Yeah. All right, and speaking of, that brings us to our open forum topic. Yes. 
It's t- this week's open forum topic, where we ask, we post a question about the topic in the anime cosplay fandom. If you don't want us to use your real name, please put a different name before you post your answer, and we ask that you keep it civil. And y'all have been doing a great job of keeping the, the Facebook page civil. Simple, straightforward. Anime boxers and t-shirts. Just out of curiosity, what anime series would you wear as underwear and undershirts? And we're also going to co- cover last week's uh, open forum topic as well. Um, from Shinji Akari, Neon Genesis Evangelion, but also uh, Attack on Titan. From Kelly, she has Sailor Moon for sure. Also, is the Order of the Rabbit the Little Maid because the costumes are so cute, and I would love to have some cute little maid-inspired undergarments. Um, maid-inspired undergarments are not hard to find. All you gotta do is look at J-List and Amazon. Body line. Them too. Yeah, those are a thing. Yep. And, um, Sarah Ackerman says, must I say? I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say Sword Art Online. Har, 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 har. Mm. Sailor Moon already has underwear out. Uh, you know what? I just... you who have been paying attention to the collectible. There is two different versions of that. Yep. yep. And, I, and I just realized something. Huh? I forgot to set the Skype line. Oh, Dude. yeah. The um, the tablet is sitting on is sitting on the other side of the room, charging still. Oh well, nobody calls in anyway. Yeah, well, no. So no Skype line tonight. We had Ari. I'm sure he was like, yeah. See, he wanted to call. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. Smooth, smooth, crunchy peanut butter. Mm. But instead of that, we will go into last week's open forum topic. And it was Thanksgiving is right around the corner. We were just wondering what your favorite Thanksgiving food is. That's simple as that. Um, let's see. From Serenity4188, turkey breast. Okay. From Kelly, uh, drumstick and pies. All of the pies. From uh, Sarah Ackerman. Warm, creamy, buttery mashed potatoes and gravy. Okay. Now, I said my favorite piece, my favorite Thanksgiving food is um, turkey wings. And Mako-chan can verify this. Yep. (laughs) I guess yeah, my you, you get scary when you eat. Ooh, well, is he like one of those like the cats that you just stay away from when they're eating because they'll like turn around and scratch you? Um, somewhat like that. If you've ever seen, you know, those dogs that have to completely lick their bowl clean for like twenty minutes, even though everything is gone. Oh my god, that's I know some of those eating. dogs. <laughs> he will take bones apart and suck them until there's oh, nothing on them. Gross, Ron. No, it can take uh... him. It can take him a very, very long time just to eat one plate of, say, ribs or wings or something like that. Gotta ruin and by it for long everybody. time, I'm talking like an hour. Uh... I've seen this dude eat. He enjoys mm. his wings. I, I can't help it. I am 
black. It's in my nature to sit there and clean the bones of the meat that I eat it off of. I, um, I like, I, I, this year I actually tried a recipe from a, a mini series from Cartoon Network, um, called Over the Garden Wall. They had potatoes and molasses. And so I tried making that for Thanksgiving and it went over well. Um, and then of course, pumpkin pie, cause pumpkin pie. Mm. Have you guys heard there's a new like thing for Thanksgiving, the... Uh, cake pieing or the pie kicking? Where? Yes, I, I've been told that I have to make something similar. What? It looks amazing. Now, yeah. uh, since you now we didn't ask you, Ichigo, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? You talk about all different stuff, but what's one that you you like to eat? One that I like to eat normally. Um, I think I liked I liked potatoes and molasses, but I I think my absolute favorite is cranberry fluff. Um, it is a recipe that my family makes every year. It's an alternative cranberry, um, sauce, but it's, it's almost like a Vermont salad. So it's, if you've ever had like a marshmallow fruit salad, it's kind of like that. Um, except it's done with apples and grapes and cranberries. So it's really tasty and it's kind of a dessert cranberry sauce, but I like it. And it's pink. Thanks to some people on Facebook. I got dragged into a Zenkaicon chat group for for 2016. I'm just like, lovely. Anywho, now that we got that all out of the way, let's get to the fun part of the show that everybody likes. Strange news from Japan. I kind of want to say Mako lost her touch, but I, I, I know her. I could just imagine what she finds for next week's show looking at this. It's just, you know, there was... The whole thing is, I look at, you know, one particular website for Jap uh, for Japanese news. Mm -hmm. And usually their crime stuff is, you know, peeping toms or, you know, guys stealing girls' underwear and things like that. The last couple of weeks, it's been very, very serious news. Like, yeah. son murders grand, you know, son mother murders father, and uh, wife of eighty-two kills husband of eighty-three. You know, it's been a lot of that, and that's not what I'm trying to find. So, the stuff that I found this week is basically the weirdest things that I could find. I thought I did pretty good yeah, with I what I had to work with. I think you did, too, because I'm like, I really can't say anything, because I know, looking at this, I, we would definitely be in for it for next week, and you'd be cackling worse than, than Wash U. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at this, and I'm going, that's actually really funny. Mm. And I'm looking, like, I, I really want you to do the last one, not because it's food-related, but because it's idol-related. Uh-huh. <laughs> Side eyeing you pretty hard right now, Mako-chan. I kind of like to bring the hentai. I oh. kind of like the articles. I think they sound really funny. I kind of want to take the first one. Then it's all you. Take the first one. Awesome! It's gonna be amazing. You guys are gonna love it. 
because it's all about renting a hot guy to make you cry and dry your tears. It's sort of like when you see those pictures on Facebook of the of the hot firefighters, and there's always that one chick on Facebook that says something like, "I need to quickly burn down my house." Yeah, exactly. It's like those those uh, images where you're like, uh, "They're too hot. They're not real." Um, because sometimes you need a little help on the way to and from a good cry. Mm. Um, so Ikimeso Takubin's name loosely translates as handsome tier delivery man, which is a pretty succinct description of what the company offers. For a fee, Ikimeso Takubin, which just started operations in September, will dispatch a hot dude to your office to lead you through a therapeutic crying session. Eager to try the service out for ourselves, we quickly checked out the company's website and we were presented with a choice of one of six tier coaxing professionals. One of which kind of looks like a sketchy dude. Nope. No, I'd say like two or three of them. Um, after careful consideration, we decided on the dapper-looking Mr. Tokyo, shown on the website and uh, it was billed he was he was catered basically as the soothing type instead of Xunded like Sunsun or something um, and he I guess came to meet with them on the date and time that they wanted him to swing by the office um, and his family name isn't actually Mr. Tokyo it's yeah. Mr. Doi or Ryosuke Doi to be thorough he showed up with a smile on his face, a warm glow in his eyes, and a book in his hand. Well, we know where this is going. Um, he stepped inside the workplace and began by outlining the benefits of crying. And he, he apparently, like, one of their selling points is, Even shedding just a single tear can produce stress-alleviating effects that will last for a whole week. I, I feel, I, I kind of call that bullshit, but you know what else. Next, it was story time, and as Doi read from the touching and sweet children's picture book he'd brought with him, they felt the waterworks start to, sh to start to rumble, and he set up a projector and played a dramatic, moving video. Like most of those, is it? Are they the Taiwanese ads that are like the really sad ads? That's like pay it forward. Um, when the lights came back on, we noticed Doi himself was getting choked up, but tears can be as contagious as laughter. And we suddenly started to realize there wasn't a dry eye in the room. Everyone was crying, and that's where Doi's real work began. One by one, he went around the room, gently wiping away tears and patting cheeks with so many eyes to dry. You have to supply your own handkerchief, but Joy, uh, Doi offered advice um, with encouragement. Uh, when you cry, don't scratch your eyes. Dab them gently so they don't swell. Okay, Mr. Doi, we will. That's It says sniff. Okay, I'm reading it how it says it. Once everyone's tears had been tended to, there's a block of time for the crying session. Participates in it, like, just to talk with each other. And while one person crying at work can be awkward, somehow everyone crying together breaks down a lot of interpersonal barriers. Yeah, we know where to punch ya. Oh. And we definitely noticed freer, more open communication in the office after our session. Um, wow. <laughs> Needless to say, <laughs> well, there you go, Japan. Hire people to do anything. There, 
you can easily make more money in Japan on the simplest things as opposed to this country here. Yeah. Well, I mean, in America, we fetishize everything, so more than likely, there's probably a porn for it. Uh. Not a porn, but a kink. Okay, a kink. Fair but enough. But there's probably also porn related to it. I have not seen one. I don't think I want to. Anywho. Porn Thanks, about Shinji. crying people, and I'm thinking... Here, use this to uh, dry your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> they give them the scratchiest tissues. It's all about, like, tissue texture. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, I'm getting too much into it. But yeah, I'm just thinking, I'm like, don't you cry more if you get that in your eye? Oh, uh, chan Yeah, I went there. Mm. I went there. Uh-huh. Anyway, um, so this one is, uh, a bus driver teaches a prankster kid an important lesson. <clears throat> uh, when others didn't have the courage to stand up and correct a misbehaving child that wasn't theirs, this Japanese bus driver stepped up to do the job. Um, so yeah, so basically, a little kid, uh, who was on his way home from school, decided he was going to play a prank. Um, on the bus home, some little elementary school brat kept pushing the stop button. Uh, but when the bus would stop, he'd say, not here, hee hee, or I lied, tee hee. Finally, after a few times, the driver stopped the bus and said, whoever pushed the button, get off the bus. And the little kid goes, not here, tee hee, get off. Um, the bus driver goes, get off. We're going to stay here until you get off. And basically, uh, he had an argument with the little kid. Um, to the point that uh, the little kid actually started crying because he thought he was going to have to get off before his stop. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, so uh, the bus driver continuously tried to get him to get off the bus because he kept pushing the stop. So he goes, you're from XXX Elementary, right? I'll be sure to tell them about this. Um, so yeah, so in the end, the driver took the kid to a stop, and all the while, he was sniveling away and getting dirty looks from the other passengers. Um, but yeah, so the kid no doubt learned a very hard lesson that day, and kudos to the bus driver for taking the time out of his busy schedule to teach it to him. And we're glad that in the end, he even had the compassion to give the student a second chance and gave him a ride home. But, yeah, I mean, not for nothing. Um, I, I, I agree with the bus driver. So do I. If you can't, you know, I, I understand in Japan that these kids, um, they don't have, you know, public school buses and stuff like that that are just for the kids. These kids do have to get on public transportation or walk to school. And depending on the age, the school could be quite a while away. So um, it's best that these kids learn now that you don't piss off the drivers and you don't piss off the people on the bus. And that's not where you play your games and your pranks. I mean, even riding public, like, 
like sanctioned school buses, there's some kids that are just complete asshats. Um, I think I think what the bus driver did was appropriate. He um, he definitely taught the kid how to correctly ride the bus and be you know aware of society and how. Oh oh, Sarah, you're funny, because de- America definitely does have this problem. Um, but yeah, no, it was definitely in the right. Whatever the bus driver did, he was definitely in the correct way of handling it, because that's BS. Yeah, I mean, here, kids, basically, they'll act up on the buses, and then the bus driver does have to report it to the schools, mm-hmm. and they can be disciplined by the school themselves, yep. um, to the point that a child may no longer be able to ride on the school bus if they are acting like such bastards, which is also why a lot of the younger kids' buses have some sort of aid at the front of the buses. That way the driver can keep driving and the aide can, you know, discipline. Fair enough. And since she wants me to take the last article so badly. This is about McDonald's Japan. They're offering a massive 48 McNugget bucket. And they're calling it NGT48. Haha, haha, I see what you did there. Coming out of Tokyo, why stop at 40 McNuggets we can order 48? Where you're just going to quadruple the digits so you can support your favorite Japanese idol singer. Here in the States, you can get nuggets in, in different sizes from 4 to 40, whereas in Japan, it's 5 and 15. But here's things that's something a little bit different. They're do- offering a 48-piece bucket of McNuggets. There is a, but here's the thing. The selling point of this McNugget bucket is a promotional tie-in with the form J-pop idol NGT48, the Niigata-based sister group of idol megagroup AKB48, which has up to 250 freaking members. And I'm probably off on that number. Each bucket comes decorated with one or two images of the idol group on the sides. All of McDonald's Story and Niigata branches will be using paper tray covers that bears the singer's likenesses and each McNugget order comes with one of 25 limited edition NGT48 commemorative cards. Meaning a minimum of 1,200 McNuggets that superfans will have to eat to collect the entire set. The NGT 48-piece Chicken McNugget Pack goes on sale December 1st for 1,800 yen and will be available until McDonald's runs out of the special packages. But you know, there is an easier way of doing that. Just go to the counter, ask to buy the cards, pay the three to the three hundred yen, and go about your business. Or they you can have a party. Not, they may not allow you to. True. It's it's one thing when it's the toys mm-hmm. that come in the kids meals. It's another thing when it's a special promotion. That's true. They may they may sell you one or two, but they're not going to sell you every single one of them. 
Well, I tell you what, I can see people chipping in to buy this bucket and fighting over the cards. I can see because this happens here a lot. Um, the people that actually work there will take a full set and put them on eBay. Yup. So I can see a full set of not only the cards, but the um, the paper tray covers that have the singers' pictures on them, and both very clean buckets um, up on eBay. I would not be surprised if they are if they are. Uh, They're probably not all already up. <clears throat> you just have to look on the Japanese eBay. That is a whole lot of chicken. That's all I have to say. Yes, it is. I think it's a little bit too much for even my take. Yeah, I mean, you also have to remember that at least in some of the countries, um, they're not necessarily getting the same chicken nuggets that we are. They probably actually taste better. Um, probably. Because each country is going to reformulize the seasonings added for the pellets that are going to be eating them. Yep. True. I mean, if you look at what Japanese people put on their french fries, it differs very highly from mm -hmm. what we do. But yeah, I just thought that that was really interesting. It's uh, definitely a different way to, uh, you know, sell yourself, I guess. Mm. Every person has their price. Yeah. <sighs> Are we done with this? Uh, yeah. Shall we take our break? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back.
was a pretty good episode for the holidays. Yep. All right. Agreed. All right. The way things are going, let's, let's hurry up and get the heck up on out of here because <laughs> I got to be up at 5 a.m. for work. <laughs> Ouch. Woo! But it's okay to down... The down the, the downside is that I'm not in back of house, but I get to be back of house for like an hour and a half puttering around doing stuff that needs to be done. So, oh, and something interesting that happened at work. Oh, uh, one of my store managers talked to me about my podcast, and she asked, she she wants to listen in. That could be dangerous. And she asked the question, would it be possible to host, if the show could be done at the store? Seriously? That's legit, dude. Yeah, seriously. That's pretty awesome. That would be interesting, but I think we'd have to be a little bit more PC for that episode. I I explained that to her, yeah, we'd have to clean ourselves up. Me more than everybody else on the show. I don't know. I I I, I drop a lot of fucks. <laughs> just like I mean, j- just like just now, huh? Yeah, fuck, mm. fuck, fuckity fuck. This is not the fuck show, Mako Chan. Fuck, is fuck, it the fuck, bag fuck, of dick fuck, show? Fuck, oh. fuck, 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 fuck. Oh, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's Mako Chan. Yeah, it, it's not even you know the uh, the cursing. Mm. Um, considering I was talking about blue balls <laughs> and. Yeah. You know, and we were talking about units in boxers. Yeah, we'd have to look for very specific not articles that are not going to. Uh... That well, that and we do clean ourselves up for um for normal pot for when we do when we do, when we do uh, at conventions. So yeah, basically yeah. a layman podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it would be a good idea to do a podcast from this store during the week of New York Comic Con because they have uh, Superfest week, like like it's like a week of like geeky stuff that goes on that goes on throughout New York City. So getting the local um, podcasters in to do their shows from the store that would be kind of cool. What week would that be then? Uh, second week of October. So, if I'm still stuck at where I work now, which, God willing, I won't be, I won't be able to go. Hmm. We'll have to pull a Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. I get first box! Of course you do, Quiet. If you like what you hear, tell a friend, they enter to another friend, and so on and so forth. We're independent bloggers, independent podcasters. We do this for the fun of it. So if you have any questions, ideas, thought, dejections, praise, flames, trains, automobiles, send them over to podcast at animejamsession.com. Again, that's podcast at animejamsession.com. We're here to believe you. Check out the website at animejamsession.com where our AAC convention report just hit the newswire, so definitely want to check that out. And I'm not, I don't think we talked about this on the show, but there has been some controversy what anime Matsuri out in Texas, so we'll have Grr. a... Hmm? Grr. I'm just saying Down, grr. girl. Pet, pet. Down, down. Behave, behave, behave. We have spoken of the fuckery that is 
anime Matsuri before. Yes, we have at least twice. Mm-hmm. And then we'll have an article about what's going on, with a link to an interesting uh, petition about it. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Um, if you have issues getting to our podcast, you can find us on Podcast Alley, iTunes, Stitcher, Miro, Double Twist, Blueberry, Groove, TuneIn Radio, and coming soon to Google Play. Check out our YouTube page at youtube.com slash anime jam session TV. Uh, that's where we post all of our convention videos, which are masquerade videos, uh, interviews with cosplayers and voice actors and actresses, and random um, panel events and random stuff we see on our travels. So definitely check that out. If you want to check out our individual YouTube page, you can find us, find me at youtube.com slash djvonmas, Marco Chines at Jupluno, you can find Ichigo over at IchigoGami. Twitter.com slash Anime Jam Session is our official Twitter page where if you follow us there, you'll, let, you'll know when podcasts are going up, when episodes are going up, when we're live, and, and other interesting uh, tidbits of information in regards to our site and other non-site stuff. Um, if you want to follow us individually on Twitter, you can find me at Twitter.com slash S. Mako-chan is over at Joe Videa, and you can find Ichigo at Ichigo Ogami. Facebook.com slash Anime Jam Session. To everybody who follows on Facebook, thank you so much for your love and support. As long as you continue to support our Facebook page and like our articles and our links and everything, we're going to bring you more content. Um, I got some more photos I got to go through. Um, I think that's my, I'm posting my last batch of photos from conventions for the year up on the site soon, so definitely be on the lookout for that. If you want to follow us individually on Facebook and see what's up, I'm at facebook.com slash imdjronmez or that S guy. Mako-chan is at Mako-chan with a dash in the middle or Makoto Mako-chan Kino. And you can find Ichigo at Ichigo Gami. And don't forget, we're on the Vlog Network twice a week. We're live at 9.30 p.m. Tuesdays with Uncle Presentations at 2 p.m. on Thursdays. But... If you like us, there are some other awesome geek-centric podcasts on network. You got Starboard Power Coupling Podcast, The Geek Card, The Bobby Blackwolf Show, Orange Lounge Radio, Critical Myth, British Invaders, Pod Culture, Under Sedation Live, which I believe this Saturday is their final episode. It's either this week or next week. I have to double check. Um, but definitely the final episode is coming down the wire. So you definitely want to tune in for that. And don't forget, there's also Electric Sisterhood and Girls Gone Wow. Uh, we have a multitude of geek-centric podcasts on the network. There's something definitely out there for you you'll truly like. And now we'll go around the room. Last words, Mako-chan. Um, I have to work for seven days straight before I get my next day off. There you go. I will be getting prepped for this weekend and baking my ass off on Friday. I have to make my lunch for for work tomorrow. I kind of want some chocolate chip cookies now. I might make some. I have yogurt. I think I'm going to eat some Thanksgiving egg rolls. Mm. That is it. End of list. We'll be here next week and hopefully by next week or the week after next, you'll know about our... Our, Chris, our drunken Christmas spectacular before we go off on break for about a good two, three weeks. So, that is it. We're getting out of here. I'm Ranma. I'm Mako-chan. And I'm Ichigo. Great fight, great night. See you next week. Night. Johnny. Hmm. Say goodnight, Ichigo. I don't wanna... Say goodnight, Ichigo. Hey.
Good night, Ichigo. I'm being nice and giving Mako-chan the night off. Hmm. No, you just don't want me to say anything. Well, that too. Yeah. Say good night, Mako-chan. Good night, Mako-chan. Oh, yay. <laughs> just so you know, I knew that was going to happen anyway. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. Mm-hmm. No, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bakaranma thinks he comes up with everything. <sighs> Good night, everyone. This podcast has been a production of Anime Jam Session and AJS Productions. No fanboys and fangirls were hurt, maimed, shot, electrocuted, or pistol whipped in this episode. For now. The views, opinions, and thoughts expressioned on this show do not reflect the staff or the network as a whole. But we're still right, damn it. For transcripts of this episode, start typing. Check us out at AnimeJamSession.com and VogNetwork.com for more information about us and other programming. Jamatane!